You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Police books. What on earth is he doing here? I mean, these things are usually on the street. Feel it. Feel it, you feel it. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Hey there, Whovians, and welcome to another episode of Earth Station Who. We're back, and we have a great one tonight for you. We're going a little bit of a different route on this one. We are going to look at the documentary, Doctor, Who Am I? Uh came out in 1920. It was 1922. Great, Mike. It came out in 2002. <laughs> well, it has been a while. <laughs> it has been a while since it came out. You know, you know, wibbly-wobbly, timey one. <laughs> and it's... It's going to be a ton of fun to talk all about it. And for a lot of us, it's like going, it's like a who's who of folks we know seeing in video format and in the documentary. And it's a lot of ways. It's a big love letter to Doctor Who, which is kind of cool. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about it and all about it and such. We got a great crew here to chat. So, of course, we have Kirby joining us for a long time, my friend. Hello. How are you? All right. Yeah, Um. It's we, the last time we saw you was at Concaster Burris, but it's been a while since you've actually been on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure. Sometime in the last year. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, very much so. I think it might have been during, like, Jody's last season or something like that. that you might have been. For some of the flux stuff that we had you on. Flukes. 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 And we have, of course, our regulars. Let's say hi to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And Ms. Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. Feels like I just talked to you guys yesterday. I know. Doesn't it? It's all very familiar. Oh, it is. It is. But it's always wonderful for all three of us to get together. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. It'll be, you know, very interesting to hear what you guys thought of the documentary. You know, quite a few folks had never heard about it. I was talking to a friend of mine who was a fellow Whovian, and he had never heard of the documentary. And so it's, you know, you know, getting the word out of it. And it's free right now on if you have Amazon Prime to watch. So it's, you know, you don't have to go through a bootleg or you don't have to get it. <laughs> other devious you know ways we, of we would never do that no 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 we one on this show that. ever that's, does that's anything like that <laughs> and kirby's like going god it's getting hot in here i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but it's well let's just say that's how i managed to watch it the first time before it came on prime gotcha <laughs> and did this actually get um was this released at the movie theaters and such in the uk i have no idea in the UK. it was in the uk for a limited release gotcha Gotcha, gotcha. So I think it was like October 2022. I know it was also crowd, uh, crowdfunded and everything. So I mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool stuff. Some familiar names on that one too, on that, oh, yeah. on that crowdfunding. Oh, yeah. Including someone that we talked to yesterday on Nurse Station One. Yes, I saw that Drew was involved with that. It's pretty awesome. Him and I had a nice little discussion about it earlier today. So it was 
a lot of cool stuff. So we'll get that in a few minutes. Uh, let's hop into Doctor Who news. We're getting closer to November, folks. We are so getting closer to November. And uh, they actually announced a new Doctor Who release. That's right. Um, one of the Lost series has been animated. And we are getting the Underwater Menace coming. Yay. Finally fully animated. And we'll have it, you have the option of both color and black and white. And, you know, because they had said they weren't going to be doing anymore. So this actually gives me some hope for some of the other projects that they had, you know, kind of announced. And so I'll be very curious to see where it goes with this. We had reviewed it way back, I think, the first season of Earth Station Who. And I th I know we wanted to do it because it was early into the Second Doctor era. And I think it was one of the earliest ones. This was like, I think, Underwater Menace is Jamie's second adventure with the Doctor. So it still had Polly and... Oh, shoot. I don't remember what the other guy's name was. Ben. Uh, ben. 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 He's very, he's very forgettable. Yes. So, um, but yes, so, but it was, we had reviewed it and it was one of those with the still images that we had to watch. And I think I dozed off twice during that episode. <laughs> Watching it, I had to go back and watch it again because, you know, we wanted to make sure I got the full story. And we've seen people cosplay as the Atlanteans and everything. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen them at Hulanta and there's been some great versions of it. But so I'm going to be very curious to see how they animate them and everything. So it should be kind of cool. And they are, they are, as of today, they are actually taking pre-orders for it on Amazon or other, wherever you get your videos from and everything. I know the American Doctor Who store is taking it also. And it's interesting too, because the American Doctor Who store is also taking pre-orders for the 20th anniversary Blu-rays that they, that they announced. And we've talked about that before, but it's not up on Amazon yet. So hopefully. Yeah. And I des I definitely want the 20th anniversary. I'm hoping they're going to put that out before the 60th. I, you know, it would make sense to do that. Yeah. I hope so. But, you know, this is the BBC we're talking yeah. about. So who, who knows? <laughs> so quite often, you just never know with them. <laughs> so, but yeah, so with Underwater Menace coming out, that also might lead into us maybe getting Wheel in Space. We might get um, some of the first Doctor stories that we've wanted to see animated and such. But I know they have audio. What is that? Kirby. That is the uh, Doctor Who 20th Anniversary Special, uh, BBC. Uh, actually, I think this is put out by Starlog here in the States, but it's it was the uh, special mm -hmm. magazine. Gotcha. 20th Anniversary. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Remember, we're an audio-only podcast, so yeah. at home. Yeah, <laughs> So we haven't gone to video yet on this podcast. So, but it's, that's pretty awesome though. And it's, you know, I think there's a lot of potential for new stuff still coming, especially now that we're getting bigger budgets. And we've talked about this before. We're getting maybe some Disney money and Sony money and, you know, involved with the product and everything. And hopefully it encourages BBC to, you know, move forward with some of the animation stuff. 
So there was there was that article recently in the in the Radio Times too, where some executive said that he's convinced that there are some that like the missing episodes are in private collections somewhere. So, I mean, there's always hope that we're going to get new story or you know new versions or new editions of these stories as well. Oh, yeah, I saw I, that, I but I, I still don't believe it. Why would someone hold on to it without releasing it? You've met collectors, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't believe really? it. I can't yeah. believe yeah. it. When the, when the BBC says, "Yeah, sure, we'll get it back to you." Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> sure, it'll be fine. Just we'll 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 take care of it. We won't delete them like we did originally. <laughs> we'll take really good care of them, as you're saying that, but shaking their head, no. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, oh, and man. and look, I wouldn't be surprised if there was somebody out there that was like. I have Marco Polo, but if you want to watch Marco Polo, you have to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's mine. It's mine, right? Like, oh yeah, I could, I could see that. Sure. And they they have six copies of the Mona Lisa as well. Exactly. Well, you know, <laughs> it could happen. You know, you know, it it definitely can happen. It could be, you know. A Time Lord probably has all the copies of them. He went back and grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a time traveler from the future, like, we've got to go back and save Doctor Who. You know, so a future generation will have it, but not us. So I'm hoping in our lifetime we'll be able to see every single episode of Doctor Who. That would be amazing. Well, after tonight, I will have seen everything that is available. I'm going to finish but the last episode of the last story I have not seen. So, uh, and what is that story, Kirby? <laughs> what is uh, it's the wheel in space? Okay, which I, I I was unavailable when the twenty megabyte Doctor Who podcast uh, talked about it, and so I ended up not watching the the reconstruction and skipped it for years. Okay, so I'm finally getting around to it. Gotcha, gotcha. So awesome. That's pretty amazing that you, you know, there's certain ones I just can't bring myself to watch because, you know, Trial of a Time Lord is. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Trial of Time Lord's got some good things. No. And I actually just purchased the um, the Colin Baker Blu-rays of those. I'm not watching mm. them, but you, know, <laughs> but, but you have them. You got them for the extras. Them. Okay, <laughs> it's me for the collector, the, for the collector in me, and hence the collector comment before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about how collectors are weird. So, yeah. exactly. I mean, I get it. We all are, right? Yeah. So. Exactly. You know, we're completionists. You know, we want to have the complete series, and these collectors, you know, they might have, you know, the whole series, and you know, they might have. Marco Polo, they might have Highland Aries, you know, they might have, you know, Wheel in Space and whatever else is missing. Yeah, you know, not, there's, there's still a lot, but there's not, I mean, it's not that much that's missing. So, not as much I, as you still have to hope be. every once in a while. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. And so, definitely we'll have to figure it out. And I love what they're doing with the Blu rays and I love the restorations they're doing with the cartoons. So, you know, it's a good time to be a Whovian, as we like to say. So, I mean, just the waiting for new stuff is just killing us. Yes. It's, yes. I feel like we spend most of our life just waiting for the, for the next thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like waiting for a very slow train to get to you. Right. Um, I, I was at, at CVS the other day uh, 
getting a prescription, I was remembering about, well, it's probably about 10 years ago, I was in that CVS and looking over at a magazine rack, and there were three things with Doctor Who on the cover. Mm-hmm. And now nobody seems to pay any attention to it. But hopefully it will be coming back with this Disney Plus. Well, hoping. I actually had heard a rumor about that with Disney Plus that um, HBO might still have the new series episodes, but Disney will have basically from the 60th anniversary going forward on as of their service. I don't know if they haven't really, they haven't really taught us, told us what they're going to have and what they want. I mean, yeah, who knows? They haven't said anything. Mm -mm, They haven't, you know, and I know BritBox is still going to have old series. Yeah. Well, we assume so. We assume so. We don't, we don't know that for sure. But, you know, the only ones I know it's not going to have is BBC America anymore. And so. Right. So we're still up in the air as much as you guys are. And I'm sure probably Disney's going to make the announcement as, through, as soon as we finish recording this one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because, you know. The second. The second. Well, if it, all stays, if it all stays on Max, I'm fine because I get Max free with my uh, my fiber internet. That makes uh, sense. So. And I'm, I, of course, I have Disney Plus, so I, I'll be able to watch anything like that. And I've been watching that, um, the Wheel of Space on BritBox. True, 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 true. So, very cool. So, unless we have any other news, let's drop into Doctor Who Am I? That's Doctor Who Am I? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> place to drown your sorrows you know three thousand whovians and lots and lots of booze ah the american fans they are the diehards balls to the wall kind of attitude all through medical school i was still kind of the the closet whovian they have we're just a normal couple we just got married two years ago as i was writing that doctor i was pouring myself into that character. I was pouring my experience of the Doctor as a child and all the wit and all the warmth and all that sort of love that the Doctor has of humans. I was pouring into this character and I was loving doing it. I was putting myself on the line there. Someone wrote to me and said, you got it the wrong way round. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. Pedants. Don't even love them. My doctor, the eighth doctor, has been mainly on audio all these years. Right. So I play the doctor on the radio. And you've been alive for, as a doctor, you've been alive for longer than any other doctor. The longest and the shortest. Yeah. That's what they call me. Hey there. Hey, I'm back. Oh, this is hard to find. And look at that. No sex, please. He's British. No sex, please. He's Matthew Jacobs. Yes, okay. The nature of obsessive zealot fandom is something I'm interested in. Yeah, because there are people that that's what they do all year round. Exactly. Every day. And we're cogs in that wheel. Yeah. Pretty much, it's the documentary focuses on Matthew Jacobs, who actually wrote the TV movie, and he's actually written many other things that a lot of us have seen. 
and it's it's an interesting thing because he also is is a, basically a second generation Hoovian because his father was in the Gunfighters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his father really played Doc Holliday in yep. the Gunfighters. Yeah, that was very interesting to to find out. I had no idea he had that connection. No, I yeah. didn't either until I watched this. Yeah, still doesn't make me love the Gunfighters. But, no, you know. What, you don't want to, <laughs> yes, you know, come on. But, they did, I noticed they didn't show any of the singing parts. Thank God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> now, but it was, it was neat. It was neat to see a lot of people in this documentary that we've interviewed or we've met in person or that we're friends with. And, you know, it was, it was a neat thing between, you know, going between Gallifrey, the con in Los Angeles and Long Island, who in New York. And as of this recording, it's this coming weekend is actually Long Island, who. So it's pretty cool um, what they have going on and his reaction, because this was his going to his first con and he expected to get yelled at and spit on (laughs) him because he he knew his reputation. Yeah, exactly. And so it it was interesting that they he did that and everything, um, and his reaction to it and re- his reaction to the fans and the people you know people were teasing him a little bit about it, but overall the reaction to him was very positive and everything. And it was nice also to see, of course, you saw Paul McGann in this. You also saw Daphne Ashbrook and Eric Roberts, and you know they have all good things to say about the gentleman. Of course, the camera was on them, so of course they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. The, Matthew Jacobs uh, not only is a subject of this, but he's also the director and writer and producer and everything like that. So, yeah, uh, it's pretty. Uh, it's not really objective, right? Uh, but um, uh, yeah, like you said, Mike, there's uh, there's a lot that's familiar in this. I mean, I've never been to uh, Gallifrey One. I've never been to Long Island, uh, but I mean. It's look like this look like Hulante. It looked like Chicago TARDIS. It looked like uh, Conque. It looked like Dragon Con. I mean, it like these conventions are very similar in vibe, and uh, and there's a lot of familiar familiarity for me uh, watching a documentary like this. It definitely, and it was interesting when they were walking around. Uh, when they were walking around Gallifrey, I was like, oh, maybe Mary and I are there. So <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you there the year that he yeah, was there? Not not that year. No, I think, uh, gotcha. I think that he was, was a lot more recent. Because I think he was there in 2016 filming a lot of this. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think what Mary, I think we were there in 2015. Yeah, wasn't it 2015? I think the year before. I'm pretty sure he was there after yes. us. But it still had the same vibe. Still, had, oh yeah, it still know. looked like exactly like I remember Gallifrey one. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, er, early on in it, uh, there was an ood walking around going, "Oh, I could have." <laughs> yeah, it was like, "Is that Kirby?" You know. Yeah, <laughs> I almost came came on uh, wearing my ood head for for you guys, but I knew it was an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that 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 head is pretty hot. I bet. Oh yes. yes, I saw him at uh, Concast for Burris wearing it multiple times, and he was covered in sweat afterwards. Yeah, poor Kirby. I, yeah. I can imagine he was, but, he was what, suffering for his art. What was your guys' reaction to the film initially, like watching it and everything? 
did you, you know, because he actually seemed like he went through a transformation on his opinion of Whovians even. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot more personal than I thought it was going to be. I mean, personal to him. Yeah. And and the way he's evolved. And he has a very complicated relationship with Doctor Who and not not always a good relationship. He, I mean, it has a lot to do with his father. And, and actually his um, mother also who committed yes, suicide. And, and, yes, his mother. Um, he, um, I mean, like any human being, he, he, he has all these, um, you know, these, these bad memories sort of wrapped around Dr. Who and probably including, you know, the reaction he got for writing the TV movie. And yet he's a fan. I mean, he loves, he truly loves Dr. Who. And so that had to be, you know, watching him kind of go through that, that kind of push and pull that love, hate relationship. Uh, and being afraid of of not being accepted, and yet in the end, very much being accepted as a fan, uh, it you know it was kind of beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It was. Wow, I had the completely opposite reaction. No, because Mike, you were making faces. That's okay. During, you can have talking. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, no. I'm sorry because uh, I just. I mean, I know that that's what they were going for, and I know that a lot of that is is you're. I'm not arguing necessarily with a lot of things you're saying, but I, I didn't. I question the sincer- sincerity of it. Um, I couldn't help but feel like uh, this was another documentary where. Um, uh they were making fun of fans uh we don't understand them they're weird uh look how crazy they are look how like this is like look how broken these people at one point they even say like you know everybody that they're meeting something's wrong with them and yet doctor who they cling to doctor who because uh that helps uh, them either escape from it or deal with it or find a community uh, where they can uh, uh, relate to other people. And I was just like, not everybody, like it's, that's not what this community is about, at least in my experience. And, you know, we never really find out exactly why he made the choices that he did writing the TV movie and, and making those decisions that are so controversial um, for being a fan of Dr. Who. We don't know exactly why he did what he did. Um, even though, you know, he and the, and he and the producer seem to kind of high five each other, like, ha, oh, we really screwed the fans on that. Hi, isn't that funny? Um, I also found that, uh, you know, the, I didn't really need to see him like, you know, get out of bed and brush his teeth and put on his contacts and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then at the end, he just sort of says, you know, like, you know, this is a great community, but I don't want to be any part of it because I feel like that'll just be repeating my past all over and over again. And I don't want to do that. And it's like, wow. So you just found out that this is a really great community that is accepting of you, but you don't want anything to do with how interesting that is. Like, I just, I found that it was kind of, I didn't like him actually. I found that after meeting Matthew Jacobs, I found that I didn't like him very much. Interesting. Cause I didn't get that same feeling. I didn't either. No. I thought he was, you know, I thought it was great. A lot of these people, you know, I thought it was very inspiring people telling them how they found Doctor Who and it brought meaning to what they were different. They were the outcasts and meeting and finding Doctor Who, it brought, you know, like special feelings to them. 
And then they met their friends through the cons and through online and also mutual interests and stuff. And, you know, I would have killed to know other Doctor Who fans when I was in high school. You know, I didn't know any. And kids these days are lucky as heck to have that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and that's what I was that's what I was getting from the movie, too, that, you know, how it, it's all a community and bringing all together. And so it was just that's interesting that you, you know, that's the way you felt. He wasn't. You know, I agree with what you said, Mike, that he, you know, he didn't have the most kindest things to say about the community and how, you know, he what he was saying. I don't think he really understands. Them, no, to be honest. I don't think he does. And to a point. But I don't think he was putting them down at all and everything. I, I was Everybody upset uh, when he went to that one fan's house and the, the one fan was making fun of him. Yeah. Oh, that guy was a jerk. Yeah. 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 I mean, granted, there's ways that you can ask questions, but that guy was an absolute jerk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that. yeah, yeah. Talk about a, Yeah. <laughs> I just I was you, like, but I kind of like, like you. Yeah, I mean, maybe, dog. yeah, maybe, maybe you don't like the decisions that he made, but the guys in your house or the guys in your face, like, don't, don't disrespect him that way. Because if you do, you're never going to get a real answer to your question um, well, as far as why. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. he never does, like, yeah, he doesn't want an answer um, because he doesn't care. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I really didn't think that this was a documentary about the community as much as it was about Matthew Jacobs. And I mean, to Mary's point, I mean, he does go through a journey here, even though he insists that, you know, he doesn't change. Uh, he goes through this, uh, this, this experience and he, he says, I'm no different than I was before. Although there's some kind of video evidence that that might be false. But then at the end, like I said, he's like, I don't want to, I don't see myself doing this, which is not, again, not the point of these conventions. The point of these conventions isn't to wallow as a community over the past things over and over again. It's to move forward with the community. And he, he doesn't get that at all. Well, I feel like, you know, it's interesting you say that I'm actually, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, at least not entirely because uh, I agree he he does not come across as likable Mm-mm. and I turn I turned to my sister and I said this guy is the weirdest mix of insightful and completely unself-aware as <laughs> as he could be because th- as he's saying that these people are broken he very obviously is one of the people who's broken yes <laughs> yes exactly. yes I agree with that no, I completely agree with that, agree with that Mary yeah, there's two two uh, conversations in the movie. One where he has a conversation uh, just with Paul McGann, and another where he has a conversation with Daphne Ashbrook, where Paul and Daphne seem more in connection with the fans than he does. Oh yeah, but they've oh, yeah. been doing it a lot longer than yeah. he at this point, and and they. They love the having the fans, and you know, even Paul came out in the in the movie and said he's the longest running doctor if you go by Big Finish. Yep, yeah, he is. And you know, and it's and he was like, it's because of the TV movie that he has to thank for that and everything. And so it was real interesting to see that. And Daphne was as dingy as always, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we saw her at Pensacon. You know, she she was all over the place and and 
she plays so well off of both Eric and also Paul. And you saw that even in this movie, though, too. You know, how like they're polar opposites in that way. Have you interviewed her? We have not yet. Ah, yeah. You've you've interviewed uh, Paul. 20 Megabyte has had her on three times. Nice. She's a wonderful guest. Oh, I've talked to her, like, in person. And she is an amazing person. She is just, what you see up on stage is, that's the person you get. It's Mm -hmm. not like an act. And it's... And she's genuine, which is wonderful. And, you know, just thinking what we could have gotten with the Doctor and Grace, you know, store adventures would have been amazing. So it would have been great to see. It was neat to see, you know, people we knew in the movie, like Andrew Cartnell. We saw Ken Deep. We saw, you know, so many other folks that, you know, we we know. And, you know, that we've spoken to or friends with. And it's, you know... I've, I was almost expecting to see Drew Meyer up there too. I was surprised not to. And talking to Drew today, uh, his he, name is on the credits. That's for oh sure. well, he was around when they were doing the Long Island Who filming, and he just said that you know all his scenes were cut. And it's like story of our, a lot of our lives, <laughs> extras or in other movies. He just wasn't weird enough. Exactly. I mean, I noticed that they talked to, you know, they highlighted all the fans that were dressed up, dressed weird, like that kind of thing. They didn't like, they really didn't talk to too few, I mean, very few, many people that were just not like spectacular looking. Like it's the most interest for on screen. Of course, they're going to do that. Well, but I think it, 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 it portrays a bit of a, it skews it a bit, right? It's like, it tells everybody who's not part of it, like, Hey, if you don't dress up, you're, you know, like, I know that, um, you know, they made the in the in the documentary, they make the thing that criticism or not criticism, but observation that in Britain, people don't really dress up, you know, like it's not like America where people dress up all the time. Um, I also I, I saw like a review from like, I guess it was The Guardian that kind of uh, slapped a critique on this because it it ignores the the phenomenon of Doctor Who in other countries. And I'm like, that's not really the point of this this, right. this yeah, documentary that, that, so yeah you so i mean that i don't that think was you kinda, can fault them for that yeah that was kind of uh stupid but um uh but then but then i saw a thing that from the radio times it said that uh it uh it, it said quote um it's touching humility as to how jacobs carries himself and i'm like did they watch the same documentaries i did because i'm like <laughs> that guy is not human uh, <laughs> uh humble at all <laughs> like he is not walking around with humility um uh so i i you know um i just thought like some of the direction was weird like i said the choices that they made like of of having him wake up and show him like getting ready in the in the in yeah, his hotel room I'm, I'm like that's yeah. kind of that was kinda like too personal uh, the last shot, like after the credits, you know, of the costume people going in to, I guess, perform or something. And I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to end with. Like, it just, it felt like the documentary was, was kind of like unfocused at times. Um, but well, I, uh, I think they were trying to humanize him. I think that was the point of that. I'm not saying I, that was the most effective way <laughs> yeah, to really. do it, but I think that was the point of it. Like, I don't like this guy enough to want to wake up with him in a hotel room. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... Since it was obviously staged, that's also weird. Well, of course, yes. (laughs) The whole scene with his uh, kids coming over to help him move and everything. It's like, yeah, 
you know, so many people, you know, oh, the movers are showing up today. Let's start packing now, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I know, right? The, uh, I tell you what, the, the footage was of, with the family was, was touching. And um, I, I kept feeling this sense of foreboding. Like when the kid was playing with the knife or whatever, and I was like, is something going to happen to the kid or something? Like this is, this <laughs> is really kind twist. Of, I know. Like, I'm like, where are they going with this? And uh, you know uh, it is, you know, I mean, he's human and I get, and I get it. Um, and, and I know that's important for his journey, but I, I don't, like I said, I just, uh, Felt like it was kind of a lot of this stuff was just put in there at random. Yeah, no, most definitely. And I think it was neat for if for folks who've never been to one of the who cons or any of the big cons where, you know, people cosplay and everything. I think it was a good experience. And it, it was also great being able to see the, um, pic, you know, the pictures and such of, you know, like, the bad, you know, the ribbons and everything that everybody had at Gallifrey and everything, because mm-hmm. that was the first place I had ever seen the ribbons and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I think it makes the conventions look really, really small and intimate. Gallif- which, you know, the, our experience. Is, Gallifrey well, is Gallifrey very one small. is very small and intimate. Yeah. Yeah. and and it is interesting because I mean that's one of the biggest ones, right, um, in the country. And and yet it still seems like it's about as small as intimate as concave. Well, they oh, they no. keep it they keep it deliberately small. Yeah, yeah it's no, only, I know. Only I know. a little over three thousand people. Yeah, it's right. Very and small. It's, and also, it's in the basement of a Marriott. It's not a big location, you know. For for Gallifrey, I was actually when I, first time I went to it, I was shocked how small it was. I expected it to be like Dragon Con size or something. And in all truth, it was the same size as Hulanta, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd love just to with go a to lot Gal- more people. Gallifrey. It's worth but, it to go at least once. But how do you? How do you get? How <laughs> do you get a membership? Well, when, actually, when they, it's, it's easier now. They haven't sold out. No, the they haven't sold out the last years. couple of years. And they've had some yeah, they, amazing guests too. So that 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 hotel has uh, some special memories to me. Even though I haven't been to that convention, that happens to be, we stopped uh, and stayed at that particular hotel, had that view of the airport uh, on our way to China to uh, adopt our youngest daughter and all oh, the way back. Oh, awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great memory. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've got great memories about that convention and some really bad ones, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, you were having kind of a cursed convention that, that year. Yes, I was. And, <laughs> yeah, well, and then we also had the cursed Uber also. Yes. That, year. <laughs> that was just so bizarre. Mm-hmm. But it it was interesting to see everything. And it brought back some smiles to my face seeing that. But that's not what the movie was about. It was about him and you know his interaction with everyone and like we said his interactions with the people there was only one or two people who were like jerks to him overall you know it was you know him dreading everything him you know oh i don't know there's a lot of people who just didn't know who he was exactly. which is yeah. is fair i mean he's you know i mean that's, that's, the, know. that's the life of a writer right yeah. like he's just you know, unless you're wearing a sign saying i exactly. wrote blah blah I mean, exactly. i'm the reason that doctor who was half human you know then you're, yeah well you're you don't want to wear that sign. yeah you know, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> that's not that's not the sign you want to wear yeah. uh-huh. um 
But, you know, and look, I mean, you know, as much as people were, you know, still continue to bitch and moan, it didn't kill the franchise. I mean, the franchise has moved on quite well and gotten over it. So it's not like it's, uh, you know, when when he says he's infamous or whatever, and I'm like, "Eh," you know, maybe Mm -hmm. with some fans, but I'm like, that's kind of that's kind of overstating it. It was interesting. That that wasn't the reason that it didn't get picked up. I mean, they kind of act like those two things made sure that the pilot was just stayed a pilot and not a series. And I'm like, that's not, those aren't yeah. the reasons that that, right. that move that didn't become a series. Yeah. And when no. he said that I was talking at the screen, I was like, no, the script was bad, Matthew. <laughs> it was really bad. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I don't hate you personally or anything, but it was just bad. It was, it really was. <laughs> I, I remember uh, watching the movie. I, I recorded the movie, watched it a few days later uh, when it first was on and I went okay <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the greatest I thought hey maybe it's coming back maybe not and uh I don't even remember what my reaction was about the half human thing because that was 96 yeah so, or I I think I I well I didn't know enough about Doctor Who to know if that was at that point I mean I you know I'd watched it but I didn't know enough about the series to know if that was actually canon or not so i didn't uh, you know that the kiss kind of took me back because i was like i don't think that's happened before um but i didn't hate it i just was like oh i don't think that's happened before and mm-hmm. uh and but like everybody else who you know watched it i was hoping for more and yeah didn't didn't quite get it and uh i but I think we all agree. None of it was Paul's fault at all. I think no. we all like think that Paul was probably the, you know, if there's, if there's anything that comes out of that movie, it's Paul McGann. Oh, yep. Paul McGann absolutely. Was a, yeah. It was totally worth it to get Paul McGann. Oh, for yes. the Doctor and it got universe. us the, it got us a regeneration that we wanted to see. Yeah. Yes. And you know, they, they, they didn't it's mention weird. this in the documentary, but I mean, it does actually tie in because we do see Sylvester in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was a controversial call too. <laughs> oh, <very laughs> he shot Sylvester. You know, Having literally. Him get like you know gunned down, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they didn't even talk about that. But um, yeah, so I, I, you know, I mean, you know, you kind of, I don't know, maybe he, you know, he doesn't have to answer all those questions. But I thought if you're going to make a documentary about some of the decisions you made, it seems to me that you know you should probably try to put ex- explanations one of the things that made me feel really old during this watching the documentary is when they were sitting around at the table and only one person at the table had actually watched it when it was on <laughs> oh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> i know right <laughs> and i was like oh god <laughs> and it's like okay you know all right let me go get my walker and my geritol you know, I mean, yeah i mean there's a reason why people are not as fanatic about it anymore as they used to be for one we've had a lot of new who yes. since right. then that you know yeah. people now look back on it as with kind of um, a nostalgia and uh right and, and uh, i think everyone likes having paul mcgann oh, around yeah. well and it's it's you know and it's interesting too because you know yeah we had the whole half human thing we had the drag queen master but you know since then we've had, <laughs> we've had the farting aliens we've had the absorb a lot we've had you know so much more so you know you know it's all become faded memories and everything for a lot of people and a lot of people who watch 
the new series have never even watched the movie. That's the sad thing, too. And they mentioned in, in the documentary, a lot of people haven't seen any classic Who. Yeah. That was at one of the panels that young lady. Oh, yeah. yeah. Talking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, I, they referenced two things in the movie, which I thought were kind of interesting. And I would imagine that Kirby uh, would probably be more up on these than anybody else I know. But uh, they, they refer to the, the book that uh in which uh jacobs claims that uh he was slandered in the making of uh the movie uh about his script and everything which he is so keen to sign by the way yeah um <laughs> yeah, I noticed, and but... they mentioned uh and they mentioned the documentary that the the producer kind of like blasts the script and everything although they don't mention that when they reunite um so i thought it was uh kind of interesting those are two pieces of doctor who fandom or that i am not that familiar with so but i wouldn't be surprised if kirby has that book right on his show no i i had actually not heard of the book until wow. i saw it on the on the movie and then he ordered and, it and no it cost four hundred dollars <laughs> oh Holy no 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 no, wow. no, no out of that's... print you cannot get it Oh, goodness gracious. Goodness. Okay. Well, I don't know if the movie I bumped looked it up that, immediately. <laughs> I wonder if the movie bumped that price up. Like the like, you know, like if since it the movie came out, if they were people would have been looking for it. The movie wasn't that well. No, done. there's just some there's just some books that are hard to find. You know Doctor Who fans though. If there's if it's a movie, they're like, Oh, I don't have that, all of a sudden they'll look and there's a demand for it out of a sudden, yeah. right? Um and then, of course, the other, like I said, the I guess it was a documentary made about the movie and uh, uh, in which, like I said, the producer said some pretty negative things about the script and everything. So. Yeah, I remember they mentioned that, but I don't remember what the documentary was called. Yeah, I can't remember that either. I, so. I, I probably have it someplace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. No, it's interesting. And it's it was it was interesting, you know, how quickly he was like oh yeah I'll, I'll sign it who do you want me to sign it to no problem and people were coming up to him you know like oh you're the one who wrote that well done well done you know stuff like that and it was just like and but it was just like and then the voiceover was like well these fans are just very confusing to me and it's like okay well there you go but yeah, what, what does like... he say he's, he's sort of sitting there by himself at some point because we all have that point during especially slow conventions or yeah. small conventions mm -hmm. when everybody's at the panels or whatever and he's just looking around and he's like they're like everybody here seems to be making money off the franchise and then he has the nerve to call like all the other writers that are there pathetic or something like that like uh yeah, and he includes himself in that group range writers yeah, and he includes himself in that group, but I was like, I was like, man, you are not winning me over as a friend, friend of yours, sir. <laughs> oh, it's craziness! It is craziness. I would recommend this to see from any Whovian. You know, it is, yes. it is a neat experience to see. You even get to see Graham Norton. You see David Tennant, and you also get to see Matt Smith in it too. I didn't realize Tennant had a ponytail like that. If that was real. When he was on, um, yeah, I think that was for a part. I yeah, kind of vaguely remember that he had that for a part. It probably was, was like a weave or something. Because I doubt David would grow his hair out that long. I mean, probably not. But yeah, uh, but and, and I love because I rem I remember seeing that episode of Graham Norton and the the guy you know had the 
the signatures on his tattoo and his tattoo was fairly similar. I know we're not videoing and showing mm -hmm. my TARDIS one, but, and you know, how he had the signatures of all, I think most of the living doctors. Yeah, I think yeah. he did. And, and Tennant signed his arm so that he could have it uh, tattooed almost immediately. Yep. Which is pretty awesome. He said that at that point, the only one he was missing was Chris, which, you know, at that point, probably that was right before Chris started doing conventions. So I'd imagine, yeah. I, you know, I hope he's got that one locked up now, too. Mm -hmm. Very much so. I think that would be really awesome for him. And, you know, and I loved how they were showing, like, the different families with how they're bringing young Whovians in and everything. I did the same thing with William. And I know, Kirby, you did that with your daughters and everything. Yeah. So, you know, and it's pretty awesome seeing the multi-generational stuff. And they did represent that in the movie and everything. So I just the, wish uh, my daughters were interested now. Well, same thing with William. So, you know, there you go. Right. Well, my, my oldest loves Classic Who. I mean, she, if, if she discovers I'm watching Classic Who, she'll, she's down here in my geek room uh, immediately. And I point out to her that there's... Uh, Classic Who is running on a um, couple of couple of the uh, live stream TV, like Pluto TV and such. Pluto, mm -hmm. yeah, Pluto, yeah. and also Plex, right, are running. And I, I thought, oh, they've got to be running the same things at the same time. No, they're not. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't. I don't know where they they must be dipping into a a um, database. To pull them up, I did. Uh, I did love the uh, the baby Dalek carriage. I thought that. Oh, was that was adorable. <laughs> yeah, that, pretty that adorable. Was cool. That was, that really, was, cool. That was that really adorable. Was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think it was a neat experience, and you know, I if you get a chance, folks, like I said, it's on Amazon. Do you want to rate this one out of five Tardises? One being the worst, five being the best. Let's have Kirby go first. Four, because uh, of all the Doctor Who conventions I've been to, it made me remember how great a time I've had at Doctor Who conventions. Particularly this last Con K. That was fantastic. It was a great con. <laughs> that, that, that was one of my best times at a Doctor Who convention. Well, uh, you were a center of attention there, Mike. <laughs> no, not just that. I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to uh, our having uh, John Barrowman on the podcast. I did. I did. <laughs> that was just fantastic. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there were things about the documentary that that were weird, and so that kept it from being a five for me. But uh, it was interesting. I was glad I've now watched it. What three times? Okay, Ooh. probably watch it again. I'll I may bring uh, my oldest daughter down here and have her watch. Gotcha. All right, Mister Mike, you're up. Uh, I'm gonna give it three. Um, I yeah, it was it was it was fun to see familiar faces, um, and uh, it was uh, an interesting look. Uh, ultimately, I said I you know I I, I questioned some of the things that you know, the documentary handled as well as I think the main subject, Matthew Jacobs is, uh, not uh, somebody that I really, uh, ad, uh what is, that's what's the word 
I guess just like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, That's so it's, 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 it's a bit, it's a bit difficult, you know, to, to follow, uh, him, uh, where, uh, you know, um, when I'm, I'm not really a, a fan and that was before, like it, I had, I brought nothing into this. I didn't dislike him because he wrote the TV movie or I didn't, I did, had no thoughts about him whatsoever until I sat down and watched this. And then I caught through the course of this, I was just like, wow, I don't, I think I like this guy very much. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's cool. I don't have anything personally against him, um, but uh, there was some quirky decisions. And I, like I said, I think it was kind of um, uh, portrayed the fandom um, a little bit skewed, I think. But uh, ultimately, it's an interesting thing to watch. Awesome. Mary? I think I would also give it a four. And I think mostly because I actually find... Matthew Jacobs kind of fascinating to watch. I mean, he's look, he's a mess. <laughs> you know, it's a bit like watching a, a car wreck happening because this guy is not a happy person and he has um got a lot of unhappy memories. Good and bad memories. Uh it's complicated uh, surrounding Doctor Who and I think that that actually made him that really humanized him and made him interesting to watch. And I also, you know, for the thing, I agree, you know, there's times when he's rolling his eyes at the fans. And, uh, but I also get the feeling that, you know, this is a really insecure guy and he is kind of envious in a way of, uh, you know, the freedom that, that, that they have. Um, he, he's very uh, sort of uptight and and so, you know, as a character study, I actually found it pretty interesting and I would recommend it. And plus, it's just fun to watch Gallifrey One. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I would I would definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. It felt like there were more at Gallifrey One than they were even at Long Island Who. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everything. Because so I, I appreciated that more. I'm going to do probably, I'm going to do a three and a half on it. It was entertaining. It was neat seeing a lot of familiar faces, but at the same time, you know, I didn't like him. I, he, he was not a likable guy and I don't disagree with a lot of the stuff. And, you know, it was, it was enjoyable watching and, but, you know, by the end of it, it was like, it was almost like, okay, how much longer is this documentary in some ways? And, you know, I do recommend it and I'll probably watch it again just to see what I missed, you know, watching it the first time. And, but it was, I do recommend it. And, you know, it's neat to show that how much I do miss a good Doctor Who convention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I didn't have all this different stuff already planned for next year, I probably would like say, Hmm, maybe ESW needs to make a return to, you know, Gallifrey next year or something. So, you know, who knows? You know, we might show up. You never know. It is worth going to a Doctor Who con. I know there's a Doctor Who con down in Florida. Um, I know the big ones, of course, are Chicago TARDIS and in the US. And then there's also Long Island Who and Gallifrey are the big ones. So definitely would recommend somebody to go to that. So definitely would love to hear from you guys. What did you guys think of it? Have you guys watched it? You know, feedback at our station is the best way to get in touch with us on that. All right, folks, 
that's going to wrap up this episode. Kirby, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Anything you want to promote? Well, I'm one of the co-presenters on the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. Uh, we've been doing that, doing the podcast for almost as long as you guys, yeah. I think. Uh, and we are still making our way through a rewatch of everything and talking about it. How we have uh, made it. Hmm? How, how, how far have you guys made it? Uh, we just did uh, the Muppets take, I mean, the, uh, the Angels take Manhattan. The Muppets take Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, and we're going to be recording uh, uh, Snowman next week. Awesome. 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 Definitely check it out, folks. 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast. And of course, our regulars, thank you guys so, so much. Mr. Mike Gordon, we've made it through another one. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. And Ms. Mary Ogle, we've made it through another one also. Yes. It was a lot of fun to talk about. Most definitely. Anything you want to shout out about? You can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent, folks. Well, folks, thank you guys for listening. You could find us wherever fine podcasts are found. Just look up Earth Station Who. We also have a great Facebook group where we're posting jokes, news stories when there is news stories or memes <laughs> and, you know, people are posting, you know, other things from other groups. And it's just a lot of fun in that group. You should join in with us. We definitely would love to have you guys be part of the action. Until next time, folks, my name is Mike Faber. On behalf of myself, Kirby Bartlett Sloan, Mr. Michael Gordon, and Ms. Mary Ogle, we will see you here next time on Earth Station Who. Peace. And we are done. Woo-hoo. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Ask yourself, is the Flopcast the right podcast for you? Do you have trouble picking a favorite Weird Al song, Karate Kid sequel, or Justice League Detroit member? Are you obsessed with Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, Vicky the Captain's daughter from the Love Boat, or Vicky the Robot from Small Wonder? Do you think Cindy Lauper's We Are the World solo is the most important event in history? Do you have half an hour a week for something completely stupid? Then the Flopcast might be the right podcast for you. We're on the ESO Network and at Flopcast.net. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.